Welcome to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. I'm Cindy Fox, certified intuitive eating counselor, coach, and registered health professional. If you've spent years struggling with food and body image issues, and you're tired of having stress around food control your life, I'm here to help. Here on Finding Freedom with Food, I teach you how to step away from dieting, learn to trust yourself with food, and eat intuitively. Each week, I'll be dismantling unhealthy diet culture practices that are keeping you disconnected from your body's innate wisdom, and I'll be sharing my best tools, strategies, and mindset shifts to help you rebuild the peaceful, sustainable relationship with food in your body that you were born to have. In addition to this podcast, I'm always sharing free resources on my website, findingfreedomwithfood.com, and social. So find me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and findingfreedomwithfood without the dots on other social platforms. Eating really can be effortless, pleasurable, and fun again. So if you're ready to get reacquainted with the intuitive eater inside of you, let's dive on in. Well, welcome back to Finding Freedom with Food. Now, as a certified intuitive eating professional, as someone who loves food, but also has a history of being very rigid and restrictive with it, I'm excited about the topic that I'm sharing today. I recently heard a phrase referring to diet culture as the normalization of disorder. And I love that because I think it's a very clear and eye-opening take on what diet culture is and why so many get caught up in its web. Have you ever taken the time to stop and think about how normalized disordered eating behaviors have become in our society? And I'm not talking about full-blown eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa or bulimia. But reflect with me for a moment on your own history, your own thinking patterns, and behaviors with food. So my first question for you is, how many diets have you been on over the course of your lifetime? Can you even count? How often do you do you find yourself in that loop of, and I'm using air quotes, doing good all week and then going overboard on the weekend and feeling the need to start over on Monday? And have you fallen into any of those get skinny quick schemes? So things like drinking lemon water with cayenne pepper to burn fat. When you've lost weight from restrictive dieting, was the weight loss permanent? Or did you need to start another diet in order to lose the weight again? And how many times have you sworn off certain foods like sweets, for example, only to find yourself obsessing about sweets, ultimately giving in to your urge and maybe having a cookie and then end up eating half of a package? And how much of your time, energy, and brain space is taken up by thoughts about food and your body? And how often do you engage in negative self-talk about food you've eaten or your body? Now, these are just a few examples of behaviors that you may not even recognize are disordered. For most people, these just feel normal. It's just simply how we exist. So many of the women that I work with tell me that they feel like they've been on diets for as long as they can remember and have been losing and regaining the same weight over and over again. And there's a normalized consensus in our society that weight gain of any sort is inherently bad. And it's become so normalized to fear weight gain. 
And we've become a society that's obsessed with what we eat, what we don't eat, and we moralize our eating choices as being good or bad. And of course, if we gain weight, it couldn't possibly be that overly restrictive, unsustainable diet that failed us. No, we somehow lack the stamina or the willpower or the moral fortitude to stick with the diet. So we must be the ones that are the failure. And what about the guilt and shame that we feel when we regain weight after a diet? Well, those are the driving emotions behind why we stay stuck in the yo-yo cycle of losing and regaining weight. And when we feel shame about regaining weight, we tell ourselves, that's it. This next time is going to be different. And we go back to being very restrictive with our eating in an effort to lose the weight. And this seems like the normal right thing to do, doesn't it? I mean, there is so much evidence out there that people are losing weight on diets, right? You've seen the before and after pictures on social media. It works for them, so it must be able to work for me. However, before and after pictures show a snapshot in time, and we're not privy to the long-term story of every dieter's journey. And the research is clear. 95% of people who lose weight on restrictive diets regain the weight within two to five years, and two-thirds of those people gain more weight in the long run. Are all of those people failures? Of course not. The truth is our bodies will predictably rebel and push back when we're being too restrictive with food. And let me just say this. The desire to lose weight is not a bad thing. But all too often in our quest for a quick fix to lose weight fast, we get sucked into the trap of following very restrictive diets, eating protocols and lifestyles that ultimately backfire, that are a setup for failure, that have a negative impact and consequences on our physical and our mental health. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me talk about the many negative outcomes related to restrictive dieting. Today, I'm going to get deeper into how restrictive dieting impacts your body's metabolic processes, including hormones, and how our genetics play an important role in weight maintenance and reaching a weight that's healthy and sustainable for you. Now, restricting food during times of dieting too often creates the opposite effect than we're looking to achieve. Food restriction can actually completely alter your body's metabolic processes, as well as impact our mental health and our mental well-being. And this can result in the very thing that people fear the most, and that is weight gain. So I'm going to be sharing five reasons why restricting food may actually be causing you to gain weight. Now, if you've been on diet after diet and you struggle to keep the weight off, or maybe you've even gained weight in the long term, listen up. One reason why restricting food may be causing you to gain weight is that your metabolism decreases in response to compensate for food restriction. Our bodies have built-in mechanisms that work around the clock to maintain balance. And our bodies are genetically hardwired to combat starvation through a process called metabolic adaptation. And all this means is that our body is able to alter how efficient it is in turning food into energy. Metabolic adaptation is a biological process in response to starvation. And it makes a lot of logical sense when we look at it through the lens of our ancestors, you know, before we had grocery stores and food delivery services. 
When food was plentiful, it meant that starvation was not likely. So the body didn't need to store energy from food as fat for later use, and it used what it required to fuel regular biological functions such as organ function and maintaining body temperature. However, in times of famine, it was essential that one's metabolism was extremely efficient and only using the minimum amount of energy from food to maintain biological homeostasis because the rest needed to be stored as fat for later use to prevent starvation. And this is still true today. Now your body's job is to make sure that you have enough energy for survival. And when you provide it with too little food consistently, it slows down and it works on becoming more efficient at using food for energy. And this is great when you're in the midst of famine, but otherwise it's probably not so great. And the moral of the story is, you need to eat enough consistently to keep your metabolism fueled and functioning optimally. Now, the reality is that slowed metabolism that occurs when we restrict food is really our body's way of loving and protecting us. But it sure doesn't feel that way when you're stuck in the diet cycle and the ongoing pattern of bouts of food restriction. And it really sucks if you find yourself regaining weight more quickly after each period of restriction due to the metabolic adaptation. Now, another reason why food restriction can lead to weight gain is the impact that it has on our hormones that regulate metabolism and appetite. Various hormones become altered in that state of restriction. And one of those hormones is ghrelin, and this is the hunger hormone. And its job is to signal to the brain when it needs to eat. Ghrelin levels increase and actually make you hungrier when you restrict food. And this is a very natural response by your body because its job is to protect you from starvation. So when you're being very restrictive with food, your body's going to take over and it's going to stimulate your appetite, not because it's trying to be a jerk to you, not because it's trying to sabotage you, but because it loves you. And if you want to tame excessive hunger that leads to weight gain, you've got to stop being excessively restrictive with food and eat enough to fuel your body's needs. Now, another hormone that is impacted and can lead to weight gain when we're consistently restricting food is leptin. Now, this is the hormone that controls how full you feel. During restriction, the release of leptin decreases, and this makes it harder to feel full. So this ultimately can cause weight gain because you're not feeling satiated as you would prior to restricting the food. Now, don't be mad. Your body is doing this for a very noble reason. It believes that it needs to add to your fat stores to protect you from the famine that it believes that you're in the midst of, which is really a self-imposed diet, but it has no way of knowing that. It just knows that it needs to keep you alive. So to get to the place where your body recognizes the early signs of fullness, it needs to be able to trust that you're not going to keep starving it. Then it can regulate the release of hormones that regulate your appetite. So we've talked about how not eating enough sets off this biological drive. Another powerful factor at play when we're being very restrictive with food is the psychological effect of deprivation. Feelings of deprivation fuel obsessive thinking about food and ultimately lead to overeating. And it's a very typical response that I hear from my new clients who come to me believing that there is something wrong with them and that they just can't control themselves with food. And they think about food all the time. 
When they do allow themselves to eat foods they've been restricting, there is a tendency to go overboard and overeat the food. And of course, this leads to weight gain. And then they believe that the overeating is evidence for why they're out of control. But it's actually false evidence. And let me tell you why. Depriving yourself of something that you want can heighten your desire for that very item. And in a study conducted on the allure of restricted food, a researcher did an experiment with a group of children and colored candies. So the children were divided into two groups and each group was given a bowl of M&Ms or each child was given a bowl of M&Ms. The first group was told that they could eat as many M&Ms as they wanted. The second group was told that they could eat as many yellow M&Ms as they wanted, but they couldn't eat the red ones. Well, guess which candies got eaten the most? Of course, it was the red ones. And the reality is that desire and cravings increase as soon as we are restricted from something. And this can include social interaction. It can include being restricted from fresh air or scenery. And it's especially true with food. So the moment you banish a particular food, cravings get strong and build momentum the longer that you're deprived. Now, when you're restricting certain foods, cravings are gonna ramp up. And when you ultimately give into a craving, it's a very common response to experience a deprivation backlash. And maybe you eat a cookie and you think, oh, I shouldn't have eaten this, but now I did, so I better just eat it all now because this is gonna be the last time I'm gonna let myself do it. Or, oh, what the hell? I just blew my diet, so I might as well keep eating and start over tomorrow. This food fixation, this black and white thinking and backlash eating is one of the reasons that dieting is so unsustainable. The truth is this behavior is totally avoidable. Now, this may seem counterintuitive, but the key to eliminating the pattern of restraint followed by re rebound eating is to give yourself unconditional permission to eat. When you don't truly believe that you can eat whatever food you like, you will continue to feel deprived, ultimately overeat and be blocked from feeling satisfied with your eating. And when you're not satisfied, you're going to be on the prowl for more. When you know that food will be allowed day after day, it doesn't become so important to have. Food loses its power. The urgency to eat larger quantities of that food will definitely dissipate. Now you may have heard me talk about set point weight theory. Each of us has been born with a genetic blueprint that determines our potential height, weight, shoe size, and other characteristics. Our set point weight is that range that our bodies wanna be at to function optimally and to feel our best. Now this is significant when we think about dieting restriction because this means that ultimately, no matter how hard we try, our bodies are gonna ultimately try to stay within that set point weight range. And researchers say that this is why our hunger and our fullness hormones become distorted and metabolism decreases. And those mechanisms essentially occur to push us back to our set point weight. Now, what this also means is that many people don't naturally fit into the unrealistic thin ideal that diet culture worships. And this leaves a lot of people striving to fit into a mold that their body was actually never meant to be. Now, striving to attain and maintain a weight that is below your body's genetically predetermined set point weight range requires very restrictive behaviors that have been proven to be unsustainable and that have negative consequences on your physical, your mental, emotional health, and well-being. 
So allow me to do a recap. Now, there are five reasons why restricting food may be causing you to gain weight. Our bodies are amazing at adapting. And so when you start restricting food, your body senses danger. And the first thing it does, it slows down your metabolism to compensate for that restriction. Ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone, increases causing you to feel hungrier and leptin, which is the hormone that allows you to actually experience fullness, decreases, making it harder to feel full. And then food restriction leads to obsessive food fixation. So obsessive thoughts and cravings, they get harder and harder to resist. Then ultimately the deprivation leads to overeating the food you were restricting and the diet cycle continues. Now genetics also play a role because we all are genetically predetermined to have a set point weight range that our body will fight to maintain. While you may find this frustrating, it's actually our body's way of taking good care of us. Now here is the good news. Our set point weight range is the weight that our bodies can maintain effortlessly without restricting, obsessing, tracking, and other dieting behaviors. Now, this is where intuitive eating comes into play. Intuitive eating is the framework that will allow you to find this weight. It's the way that most of us were born knowing how to eat, and it's the path that will help you break that cycle of restrictive eating, and it will also encourage you to get connected inward to the natural cues that your body is sending you. Now, as you rebuild and relearn how to honor your body's cues, your eating and your thought patterns around food will start to normalize and your body will gradually get to and maintain the weight that it was biologically hardwired to maintain. Now, this all requires some unpacking and some unlearning old diet thoughts and behaviors and relearning how to tap into your body's innate wisdom. There is no shame if you're at a place where you need support in order to help you ditch the dead end dieting habits and rebuild a new sustainable health promoting behaviors with food. Now, change takes courage. So it's actually a sign of strength and resilience. Now, if you would like support, from a certified intuitive eating professional, you can learn more about my programs and free resources that I offer by clicking the links in the notes or my bio or by visiting findingfreedomwithfood.com. Now you deserve to have the peace of no longer being at war with your body and being able to live your life with balance and freedom. No, this is not a quick fix. Yes, it does take time and effort, but how much time, energy, and effort have you spent on dieting? I promise you, it is worth every second of effort it takes to rebuild a healthy and sustainable relationship with food in your body, and you're worth it. And it's my pleasure to continue to support you every step of the way. Thank you so much for listening to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave the show a review and let me know what you want to hear more of. Leaving a review will also help others get inspiration, support, and resources to help them on their food freedom journey. If you found this episode helpful, share it on social media and don't forget to tag me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and finding freedom with food without the dots on other social media platforms. And remember, you are not put on this earth to live life obsessed with what you eat and caught up in a never-ending battle with your body. So keep focusing on tuning out 
the Diet Culture Voices and turning up the volume of your body's amazing intuition. 